This is KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. I am delighted and honored today to welcome to the studio the one and only Nadia Ahmed, who is here at Stanford for the first time and who will be speaking with us about her upcoming project, We Made Bread, as well as her amazing career in the Arab world. I'll be speaking to Nadia in a moment, but let me tell you a little bit about her. She's an acclaimed Arab media personality and actress whose experiences intersect theater, film, and television. She co-hosts Kalam Nawaim, the NBC Network's premier talk show, which has been compared to The View. We'll talk about that. And uh, it's also the longest-running and consistently highest-rated television talk show in the Arab world. Nadia has performed with great panache on stages in Kuwait, Beirut, and New York, winning uh, critical acclaim. And as a producer and director, she continues to develop major musical theater productions in association with the National Council of Arts and Culture and Adiwan Al-Amiri in Kuwait. As an activist, Nadia play, helped to co-found the nonprofit organization, the Lothan Youth Achievement Center in the wake of September 11th with her mother, Thali Asakaf, and other progressive and committed women from Kuwaiti society. Nadia graduated from the uh, Newhouse School School of Public Communication at Syracuse University, where she earned her Bachelor of Science with honors and a second major in Italian language and literature. Her further education includes the School of Cinematic Arts at the University of Southern California, where she earned her Master's of Fine Arts from the intensely competitive Peter Stark Producing Program. Hello, Sahalafiki Nadia, and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, Sahala. You've been hearing Arabic here on the Arabology show, which is, of course, Nadia's uh, native language as well as mine. But we'll be conducting the interview today in English because I would really like our listeners in America to understand who Nadia uh, Ahmed is and uh, some of the amazing achievements this young woman has done at a remarkably young age. Nadia, let's begin, I think, by talking about the reason, one of the reasons you're here in the U.S., and that is the We Made Bread project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the dates and what it's, what, what this is about? Yeah, um, We Made Bread is a one-woman show. I was approached by the uh, Arab Shakespeare Festival by William Brown, uh, who founded the Arab Shakespeare Festival here in San Francisco, to do a one-woman show uh, about the stories of survival from uh, Kuwaiti women during the Iraqi invasion. Uh, Judy Brown uh, was uh, in Kuwait conducting interviews with a few prominent women in our society mm-hmm. and women who had quite uh, um, powerful stories of, uh, of you, know, you know, not just survival, but of persistence, of perseverance, of strength um, that, that, as you said, uh, shatters the, the, the stigma or the image mm-hmm. or the, or the right. stereotype type that people have of of Arab women, that we are oppressed, that we are weak, that we don't have a voice. Um, also, thank you for giving us a voice here in San Francisco with this <laughs> well, beautiful show. Thank you show. for giving us a voice across the world, <laughs> Nadia. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, so this project was, uh, it was, it was such a wonderful honor to be approached uh, to do it. And we get to show it in December uh, between the 10th and the 20th. And, and that's at the Royce Gallery in San Francisco. Yes. Wow. I'm so really a one-woman 
Sancho, you've written this yourself? I haven't written this, actually. This was adapted from uh, interviews, as I said, conducted by Judy Brown and uh, written by uh, a very talented actress and director in the Bay Area called Jennifer LeBlanc. Ah. And so um, after I had read the script and I, you know, I told Will I was definitely very interested in, in, uh, in you know, embodying these stories uh, here in the U.S., um, uh, I came here for uh, a few for some rehearsals with the director Luann from Portland, Oregon, uh, and uh, and we started thinking about how to make it come alive uh, in a way that would uh, be universal, that would speak out to women all over the world, and that would also, um, you know, correctly represent Arab women to American audiences. Sure, nice. So, so you're it's a one woman show, but in a way, are you representing many women as a one woman? Yes. Yeah, so I'll be. Re- reading through um, several stories. So it's not um, embodying several stories um, and several women's stories wow. from that time. So I sort of shift uh, in and out of characters through, you know, I have one woman who's pregnant, so I have to be pregnant oh, for wow. parts of it wow. in the middle of the invasion. And I have one woman who's, uh, you know, who, who cleans, uh, you know, manically cleans the house. So, <laughs> so I, I sort of uh, go in and out of these characters, uh, which is quite a challenge for me as an actress but um, I'm always up for a challenge and I, I think it's um, yeah, and what a timely release I think with yeah. the kind of uh, systematic uh, stereotypical representation of Arab women I think we really need somebody from our region to stand yeah. up and kind of uh, talk about the diversity of Arab women because you yourself Nadia were you were born in Kuwait I was indeed born in Kuwait yes and uh, then uh, from Kuwait you ended up going to America to study as we as we mentioned yeah. Yeah. and so to to uh, introduce you is kind of difficult for me because mm. i don't do i say actress do i say talk show host mm. do i say <laughs> you know producer um i'm sort of a ra- jack of all trades and a master of none i've sort of put my hands <laughs> in lots of things of, <laughs> i think mistress of all uh, not of none but are, are you more comfortable behind the camera or in front of the camera usually i think i'm you know i've gotten comfortable with both um uh, i've done a lot of theater since um from a very young age so so the stage was uh, you know, a, a comfort zone for me, and then moving into into cinema because um, I felt like you know I could actually tell a lot more stories um, through cinema rather than media. Right. Right. And then I I went I um, you know ventured into media because a woman's got to eat and <laughs> TV. Well, you yes, know? but, but uh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's I mean it, it is it is wearing many hats and it, yeah. frankly making a name your, uh, for yourself not only in one genre yeah. but across many many artistic I'm really genres. Lucky. I'm really lucky. Yeah. So for, for some of the listeners in the U.S. who may not know about Kalam Nawaim, now when I right. say that, people, yeah. you know, I have to tell you, people were very excited that I was interviewing <laughs> Nadia Ahmed from Kalam Nawaim. And, uh, and so it needs no introduction to Arab viewers Women, yeah. but in general. But what about Americans? What can you tell me about that show? Okay, well, um, Kalam Nawaim is based um, on uh, sort of akin to ABC's The View. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think ABC's The View started about 14 or 15 years ago, and uh, Kalam Nawaim in, on NBC started about 13 or 14 years ago. Oh. So just less than a year, I think, after ABC started The View. And it's proven, as it has proven for ABC, it's proven to be a format that's that actually works because you have four hosts from different parts of the region, uh, when you're talking about the pan-Arab audience, you're talking about, you know, 
over 26, 27 countries right. uh, with, you know, a viewership of over 30 million viewers. Wow. So um, you're talking about a really wide audience and to have an accurate representation or an accurate um, cross-section of Arab women, you would need more than one host right. and you would need co-hosts from different parts of the region. So we have one who's Lebanese from the Levant area, from your part of town, <laughs> uh, Rania Barhout, who's lovely. Uh, she's got a long history on MVC. We've got uh, from Saudi Arabia, Muna Abu Sulaiman, a very prominent, very educated woman. Uh, she wears the veil, the hijab, and uh, you know, she uh, represents Saudi Arabia and part of the Gulf, uh, as well as me from Kuwait. Um, I'm originally Yemeni as well. Uh, and uh, uh, from Egypt, we have Elham Wagdi, who was uh, Miss Egypt's uh, Miss Egypt 2009. She's wow. a beauty queen. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you so that way the way that ABC has the view where you have four different women with different backgrounds, different political uh, opinions, different um, uh, you know concerns of you know socially, politically. Uh, so we end up voicing um, you know we end up becoming the voice of. Uh, you know, um, the, the women. Right, right. The a whole world. new generation of women. And I like the diverse backgrounds. I, not, yeah. I like the, the fact that one of the women wears the hijab, for example, right. and represents I, that exactly. segment of society. Um, can you give us an example of some of the perhaps more, I don't want to say controversial, but some of the more intense issues that you have uh, broached exactly. at uh, during your time with Kalam Nawai? Yeah, I mean, we're really lucky because I think we, we don't uh, shy away from pushing the envelope and being quite frank and direct with our audiences. So being being in the Arab world, I mean, there are some things that might be taboo. However, we won't shy away from some of these things. Mm. Uh, we will talk about the intimate relationship between a husband and wife at home, uh, you know, sexual issues and things like that. We will talk about social issues and fa uh, anything that would touch an, an Arab family, any mm. average Arab family. Uh, we will talk about how to find out if your husband is yeah. cheating on you. <laughs> That's uh, a universal thing. <laughs> yes. Right <laughs> and uh, and then we will also talk about more serious issues, for example, like ISIS and how ISIS is affecting yeah. our our families and our kids and our youth and and how we're going, you know, how we we address it, um, as well as various talents. And we get to host uh, lots of uh -huh. lots of wonderful talents, uh -huh. underground talents, the kind that I love. And uh, so beautiful. Yeah. So, so do, do do all four women uh, get uh, get along well uh, with each camera? other? Yes. This yeah. Is like one of those questions I have people ask me to ask. We always get that question, you know, like they're expecting like some catty, right, right, you know, right. like backstory. And I wish I, I always wish I could give, you know, like some amazing catty backstory. But in fact, we actually all really love each other. Um, uh, I mean, we do we do disagree on camera a lot. Like me and Muna disagree on some key issues and me and Rania might disagree on some key issues. But I think uh, we have a really strong bond off camera, which is what what makes um our audiences love us so much because even though we might disagree in some areas and we might, you know, argue back and forth, we, we're just really there for each other. We're just a group of good girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's the kind of healthy discourse, disagreeing yeah. and then yes. debating is what is lacking without necessarily taking it uh, to the next step. So yeah. uh, bon courage, as they say in French, Merci. keep up the keep up the great work. <laughs> um, Nadia, let's move on a little bit to some of your work um, as a producer. Okay. Um, and I know that you have been heavily involved in sort of uh, illustrating, filming, and bringing to people's attention some of the tragedies going on 
down around the world, whether yeah. they be uh, youth-driven uh, or even uh, places that are plagued by diseases and such. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about your um, y- your work in terms of human rights and consciousness raising? Right. Um, well, I prefer instead of shedding light or focusing on um, what the trouble is in our in our region, um, I prefer always um, shedding or focusing on um, what a positive uh, response to it could be. So instead of, for example, um, I try to avoid talking actually uh, uh, about uh, the ISIS phenomenon. I prefer talking about, you know, what beautiful alternatives there are for our youth instead of being uh, taken into um, circles that could be detrimental to themselves and others. Uh, How about, you know, promoting sports and promoting arts and promoting dance programs and promoting theater and promoting uh, things that could be positive, that could get them uh, engaged with their own creative energies in a way that would be good for them and good for, um, you know, the the society. Um, Volunteer work and, um, you know, community service has always been something that was always really important to me. Uh, I've been really lucky. Um, My my mother is is quite a prominent figure also in the Middle East, and she um, uh, she's always pioneered, uh, you know, uh, volunteer service and community service. So it's always been a part of my life uh, to give back. Um, I'm originally from uh, Yemen, and Yemen's been very... um, troubled uh, politically of late. late. So I try to focus uh, a light on there and and try to find a way to to bring hope to to people in Yemen. So visiting my family there was was amazing last year and reaching out to them and starting a LOYAC, Lodan Youth Achievement Center, the non-profit. Yes, I wanted you to mention that because that is really making a change. And can you just tell us a little bit more about it and and perhaps where people can find info about it? Yeah, yeah. Lodan Youth Achievement Center is a nonprofit organization that was founded in 2001 with its first program in 2002 and now has a range of programs and a range of branches all over the Middle East serving um, a, a huge cross-section of youth so between the age of six years old to the age of 30 uh, empowering them and with all sorts of uh, unique opportunities to get them to be uh, leaders in their community so um, uh, internships during the summer or um, uh, what do you call it um, a job while they're while they're studying, mm-hmm. so like a part-time job, yeah. uh, or community service, or, like or arts programs, perhaps, yeah. Uh, yeah, and scholarships for all of these, um, and getting them to get uh, actively involved in their community by giving back. Uh, so we have one in Beirut and one in Jordan, Aloyak wow. in Jordan, and one recently in Yemen. And the the start of it was in Kuwait. But we should we should spell the uh, acronym here. It's L O Y A C. Yeah, we pronounce that uh, LOYAC, is it? Yeah, yeah. LOYAC. And Loyak. it's for any more information, it's LOYAC.org for any Arab youth who's looking for opportunities to excel and to become a leader. Yeah. Um, they should definitely check out www.LOYAC.org. Bless your heart. <laughs> Let's, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit because you mentioned about, you know, focusing on positive cultural productions coming out of the Arab world. Yeah. And one of the things I was reading about and I am uh, really, really dying to see <laughs> is uh, a documentary about Karakalla, the yeah. Lebanese dance group. Now, what oh is this about? Oh, my God. <laughs> I am such, I have always been such a huge fan of Karakalla. They are amazing. They, yeah, because, you know, I think arts is so important in our in our region. 
And I think in anywhere in the world, I don't think there's any community or any society that's going to progress or evolve if there's if there isn't art. Uh, and uh, theater in particular and dance uh, plays a very important part. I mean, you know that dancing is, is a part of our identity. Absolutely. So we can't erase it. You know, we, we our Arab women love to dance, you know. <laughs> so it needs to be it needs to be there and in a healthy, beautiful way and not like, you know, in a derogatory sure. way, you know. But, but you chose to actually film a documentary I did. about the Caracalla I did. dance group. Yeah, wow. yeah, I did. So, so I've always been a fan since I was very young and I would come in and out of their studios taking classes every now and then and I was friends with Elisar Caracalla and I decided to go on, they were doing this tour for the Beit Adin Festival, right. uh, for the opening of Beit Adin Festival. So I traveled with them to Ukraine and to Rome and oh, wow. watched all of their pro their entire process from making their set design to selecting casting their dancers to uh, their press conferences to all of that and uh, and then we started editing it um, and then so now it's still it's still in the works it's still with Karakala it's up to uh, Ivan Karakala now to release the wow. documentary but so, it was so such footage, an honor the footage has already been shot yeah and, it's and been shot like, wow. and it's yeah it's been documented and it's 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 actually it actually would make a really fantastic documentary I about Karakala so. and I don't think there's been any really made yeah um, and so the, the fact that it's a household name in the Arab world but I think Absolutely. even people in the West would love to, to see, see such it. a documentary. I agree with and, you. And uh, perhaps uh, attend their performances. I agree uh, with you. <laughs> I hope the Karakala family hears that. <laughs> <laughs> Inshallah, it. yes. Let's put a, let's put a shout out to, to them. Uh, and uh, and uh, to you, thank you for, for thank all you, you do, uh, Nadia. So before I let you go today, okay. I just wanted to um, give you a chance perhaps okay. to address this issue that we have touched upon several times during this interview and before this interview, which is one of the main concerns of my show. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, the state of the Arab world today mm -hmm. in terms not only of the political, which we hear about, uh, mm -hmm. ranging from ISIS to wh whoever, mm -hmm. whatever group is fighting, mm -hmm. but in the state of disunity, perhaps, that is mm -hmm. happening. I think a show like Alam Nawaim certainly gives you that much-needed boost, that optimism, that look mm -hmm. at these women getting along from yeah. different backgrounds and different ages. Mm -hmm. And in a way, that functions as a mini- Uh, archetype or uh, for a uh, uh, for an Arab world that perhaps could follow that, you know, yeah. with no regard to or no privileges in regards to religion or sect or family name. Um, I would love your sort of um, opinion on how you see the Arab world today and perhaps with an emphasis on women. Mm -hmm. um, and if you are optimistic about what's mm -hmm. to come. Thank you for asking me if I'm optimistic because I, I was going to start off saying um, I, I always have to be optimistic because if I'm not, then I just then I think I just give up. AS, you know, AS which is yeah, like, yeah. I'm just going to yeah. give up and yeah. and right. you don't and want to be jaded over. like that. Yeah, yeah. and right. be jaded about you know the the potential of our our future in the Middle East. Um, so I so I try to stay optimistic. Um, I think it's very easy to become uh, to become as you said jaded, and it's very easy to become discouraged mm -hmm. uh, with all of this um, with all this news and all this heart heart wrenching news. But I think if you focus on your circle of influence and what you can change and what me, me, Nadia, what can I do to change? There are certain things that I can't change. I can't change the fact that, you know, Sisi is president in Egypt or that, uh, you know, that, I, you know, there are, you know, entities that fund ISIS. I can't change that. Right. What I can change, what my circle of influence is, are the people around me and potential initiatives that I can start that could 
potentially be positive for my society. So anything that I can change, like through my show, mm -hmm. um, if I can talk about things that are positive, that could bring a smile to to Arab women's faces, that could uh, that could make them more optimistic, that would make them go out and say, you know what, we're going to spend, we're going to make tomorrow a better day than today. Right. Then that's my circle of influence. That's what I can do to to help my community. So I'll try to focus on that and not get myself bogged down on things that I can't control, because then you know, then you no. just be stuck and, there. And you, and you are every every episode. You're you're raising consciousness. You're giving young people who are watching this, even children, sort of an idea that I can be like Nadia Ahmed one day. I can do this. I can change the <laughs> I world. I can be a leader. Inshallah. Yeah. Uh, so, but but in terms of the the stereotype, I mean, how do you yeah. respond? And I'm sure you might have heard this in your travels. Right. You know, when people say, "Oh, you know, Arab women, they're all uh, oppressed. Uh, yeah. They're it's very difficult for an Arab woman to have yeah. an opinion and yeah. uh, and all this." Yeah. Sort of maybe outmoded stereotypes. Not that they don't exist altogether, but in terms of sort of generalizing and making yeah. this a typical woman, yeah. you're a shining example of an Arab woman. Oh, thanks. How would you respond would be... to those? Um, you know, I think. I mean, I think now there's there's a bit more of um of an awareness as to what Arab. I think the world is getting smaller as we speak. Like, um, just through social media, through all sorts of media, like uh, people are watching videos from our region just on their Facebook. People are getting an idea of what. So I feel like the world is getting smaller. There's becoming more of an awareness and and less of an ignorance as to who we are and what we are. Now, in terms of a stereotype, there is going to be a stereotype, mm -hmm. and I think that's that 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 exists everywhere. It's prejudice, you know, and prejudice sort of exists everywhere right. um, against race, against color, against gender, against uh, you know, against uh, Arabs and nationality. Uh, but I think slowly and with things like this, with with uh, wonderful opportunities and artistic and cultural exchange I think we can make the world a more um, celebratory place and not to, I don't like to use the word tolerance because tolerance means you'll just tolerate it I'd rather embrace and, accept. and uh, yeah and accept and yeah. celebrate our differences yeah. and and really enjoy the fact that we're all different and that we have different traditions and we have different what's it called because how boring would the world be if we were all the same right. if we were all Joe Schmo or <laughs> or Jane Doe you know exactly. <laughs> it would be too boring exactly. and also I mean you know just to as a last point in terms of the hijab or the veil you know yeah. there's this discourse that centers on the veil you know and we yeah. could go for on forever to speaking about it which is a very interesting topic but uh, we also should note you know to our listeners especially in America that there are so many Muslim women yes. uh, you being a shining example who yes. chooses not to wear the veil and who veil. still identifies as Muslim right? Absolutely yeah. yes I yeah. do identify as Muslim I do not wear the veil um, uh, but um, I, I do acknowledge the right of every uh, Muslim woman to to um, to right. wear the veil because that's her right. right. That's her relationship with God. Yeah. My relationship with God uh, uh, is uh, is a little bit different. I believe that I feel Him uh, anytime I give back to my community. Anytime nice. Nice. I uh, what's it called? I feel like I'm pr that's that's a form of prayer for me. Uh, when you know when you show a random act of kindness, when you pay it forward to me, that's prayer. Uh, so every pe person prays in a different way, and I think. Um, I think live and let live and I think we should all just embrace the fact that there are some really cool looking hijabi women here in the US by the way can I just give a, ha a shout out to all the hijabi sure. women who are rocking it yes. fashion wise in their careers in their right. studies oh my god and it, and it, and it fills me with so day. much pride yeah. 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 it fills me with so much yeah. pride to see all of these educated hijabi women representing women the right way uh, and, and I love it you know 
and good good on them and I hope there's and I think they have that kind of feeling too I think hijabi women really appreciate that they respect the right of, an, of a Muslim woman to not be exactly. muhajjaba exactly. and I think that's fine I'm yeah. so glad you said this and I'm sure many of our uh, uh, women here young women who are studying at Stanford and who choose to wear the hijab on campus yeah. are always telling me this you know it's not they don't want to be judged what's on their head but rather yeah. what's in their head They're in their head Nadia Ahmed it has job. been an amazing experience to speak to you and, uh, and speak with you and share you share your thoughts with the world we are really looking forward to, to December now yeah you're and, definitely uh, coming I guess it's a little too early to get tickets I'll <laughs> yeah. be in the front row needless to say but uh, but it is December 10 to 20 the play is called We Made Bread it's a yeah. one woman show featuring yeah. uh, Nadia Ahmad and it'll be uh, uh, on the website for Arabian Shakespeare uh, f- Festival but let me tell you the website is www.arabianshakes so s-h-a-k-e-s dot org or just google uh, the Arabian Shakespeare (laughs) uh, Festival festival and uh, you'll get more information especially as December 10th uh, comes around we'll all be going to encourage Nadia Ahmed inshallah and uh, support her